right, welcome back to Wagland Beards. Uh, today we're going to be starting the first part of the mini-sode that stems from our second episode on sources. So this first part is called A Masterclass on Finding Trustable Sources. Um, in this episode, we are going to break down a lot of stuff that we're going to jump into here in a second. Um, if you haven't listened to the the second episode that I referenced that came out last week, go ahead and go do that, and as well as the first episode that came out a month before that. Um, as well as be sure to subscribe, check out our website, all of the things to make sure that you are getting the full Wagland Beards experience that um, we have spent time to set up for you guys. We hope you guys like it. Please let us know your thoughts, your concerns, suggestions, and whatnot in the comments and the blog. And if you're interested in discussing further, please check out the forum. So what are we talking about today? <sighs> Picking trustable sources. Um, it's a really difficult task. I think that um, those that write for a living understand a lot of the Idiosyncrasy, idiosyncrasies, idiosyncrasies that are involved in finding trustable sources. But those that don't write for a living, which I think is a majority of people, um, don't necessarily have those skills built up. And the last time that they probably talked about those skills was like sixth grade. Mm. So we figured that maybe we do a quick little refresher course to try to get everyone back up to speed on looking for trustable sources because if you've been on social media in the past four years, you've definitely uh, seen your fair share of information that was, uh, to say the least, questionable. So uh, that is going to be our first area of discussion is disinformation. So... In the last presidency, we had a lot of issues with sharing information. And I think people felt absolved from, and actually the president himself even said it, absolved from any responsibility because he's just retweeting or just sharing the information and letting the people do what they want with it. And while I can understand, while that is absolutely protected under lots of different laws and constitution and all sorts of things, is it socially responsible for someone to do that? Um, and we can get into a debate about w what their role is in terms of putting out information that they believe or not believe or whatnot. But I think for this specific episode, we're going to be talking about disinformation, finding good sources that are, or I should say, when once you find information, discerning whether or not it is disinformation or if it's just poor reporting or what it is. So one of the things that I think that will encourage people to do is that if you see a meme, which is a picture with words underneath or a caption, instantly your thought should be that this isn't real news. Unless this is someone sharing information about their own life, like just got a new PS5. <laughs> sure. Tr trust, trust your friend Dave who just got a new PS5. Like, good for him, right? But if your friend Dave says that lizard people are controlling the government. Maybe not, right? Right. Maybe if he had shared an article from any news source, just any uh, any news source that is corroborating that information, then yeah, absolutely. Maybe, maybe lizard people are. But in, until we have good reporting on it, um, it, it might not be the best idea to adopt that information as your own and then spread it. Um, because the spreading of the information, while your innocuous share is small, you and your hundred friends all innocuously share the thing. It's now been shared. What is that? A hundred times a hundred times, right? 10,000. 10,000 times. Technically it goes out to 10,000 more people, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a lot. That's a lot. 10,000 people. And that was just you sharing it to your friends and your friends shared it to theirs. And that, that was that. Yeah. Um, cause eventually somebody's going to have a friend that's nowhere near your friend group or your location. That's going to see it and go, huh, this is funny or huh, this is interesting and share it. And then all of their friends are going to see it and probably share it because they have the same opinions. You're absolutely right. And that's, that's damaging, right? Because just because we see something, I think this goes back to the first episode that we talked about, is that our, that is our first stop 
in perspective is, do we agree with it? Because mm-hmm. if we agree with it, absolutely. Why would I question you? Because you're agreeing with me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll repeat what you've just told me because I agree with it. Um, but I think that just because you agree with something doesn't necessarily make it factual. Just because you disagree with something doesn't make it not factual. Um, and that's actually, I would say, the backbone and where we can start for this course is finding the sources that either approve or disprove your thought mm-hmm. or your opinion. Um, one of the things that we wanted to talk about were the different types of news. Um, mainstream media has been a big outlet for news in the past, since the beginning of radio waves at <laughs> all, right? Um, because CBS and um, a few others... CBS, NBC, ABC... All, well, I was just thinking of the ones that had uh, radio stations. Yeah, those are the big three. Oh, ABC also did? Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. So all, all three of these places had radio stations. And then when television came out, right, they converted the television and mm-hmm. started programming in that regard. And I think I'm gonna we're going to put up an infographic, not in this episode, but on the next episode. So check that out on Conflict of Interest. And I think you guys will be really interested to know how many different sources are owned by like the same company. So like, like, like we know that like Disney owns, you know, ABC and ESPN. Um, but a lot of the other ones, like, did you know that like Comcast owned Hulu? Um, I think that that's a, that, that's a big, it's just, it's a big thing that maybe might help you understand why certain information is presented in the way that it is. And then as well, um, another thing, um, I, I think Pegasus Communications is the name of it. And, the, and this, I'll have the sources in our, in our next episodes on Conflict of Interest, owns 40% of all local news, news stations. And I don't know if you guys have seen the, the, a few different videos. Of, uh, a couple of different creators have created videos where they've lined up very many, like 60 different local news stations, and they've all be, all be saying the exact same thing on local news, right? Mm-hmm. And so that at least that's not the perspective that when a lot of people watch local news, they think that they're getting their local reporting, mm-hmm. their own, you know, personal opinion. No, you know, maybe it was a, a commentary on uh, civil unrest recently or something, and they'll all they'll all be saying exactly the same thing. When, and I think that that it stems from, when when we think about that, if everyone around the country is hearing the same information and getting the same perspective and thinking about the, the thing the same way, there's two different avenues of thought. Either those people are easily controlled or those people are equally informed. Personally, we're going to be optimistic and try to say that you're all equally informed mm-hmm. and we're all at least starting on the same page of misinformation because I don't think, and, and, and this isn't a bash to specific local news, I, it's a bash to all local news. I don't think local news does a good job of covering big stories. Does it do a good job of what, what's going on maybe with traffic and weather? Sure, they're literally here. It's hard to mess that up. But when they try to talk about um, bigger you know, international events or even multi-state events that are happening, I don't think that they have the funding, the experience, or whatever, to be able to cover that that story with a context that serves the people that are reading it um, more than just giving them, you know, a report. Right. So that's that, right? So that's, that's you know, I would say good people doing the wrong thing for the right reasons. They're trying to naturally appeal to the larger audience, cover more international news, get better viewership. And I think, and, and, and that's fine that they're trying to do that. It's a business that makes money based upon eyes. If they're not covering it, someone else is, mm-hmm. and they lose the eyes, right? So you can't necessarily be mad at them. But I think a thing that should make you mad um, is for the national news networks, there's a term called spin. And I think we're all, all right, I shouldn't say we're all familiar with it, but me and Drew at least are very familiar with, with it. And so, for example, right, so you're familiar with CNN and Fox, right? Usually two polar opposites when they present on an issue sometimes. Right. If you find them agreeing on an issue, usually something's very wrong or very right. Because, um, so like, for example, 9-11, mm-hmm. it was ubiquitous. They, they were reporting the exact same stuff. 
and that was the solidarity that I think people found really reassuring that it doesn't matter what channel you're flipping to. It's the same information. You are getting consistent reporting. But then I think since then, I'm not saying since 9-11, I'm saying since their beginning, they have definitely catered to their audience in spinning news. And, and, and I'm not saying that they, that they do a poor job of reporting the news. They do a great job reporting the news. But I think there is that that little commercial break and then all of a sudden we're back at our round table and we're discussing what just happened. And I think for many viewers that are at least passively consuming news, it can be extremely difficult for those people to, for I should say for the viewers to be able to discern what they're hearing right now is now opinion versus what was previously reported as, as news. Right. Um, um, and if, if you're not, familiar with with like spin or with how the news sources their information from other news sources um like news outlets versus news sources there's a really cool tv show that you should check out i think does a good job of surface level explaining it uh called newsroom newsroom it's on hbo i think right Mm -hmm. but i think you can also purchase it on amazon as well could be um it is a it is a show uh, i mean not i mean it's a well-produced show i think so if you want a a kind of a brief overview of how news outlets source their news and how they apply spin whether it's one way or the other way and how maybe a news network has both types of spin where it's to the left and to the right just on different shows or whatever i think i think the newsroom does a good job of kind of getting into it without getting into it. Absolutely. I'll, I'll agree because, and uh, just for like a preview, they cover actual current events as if they were there. Yeah. So they, they cover Katrina, they cover Deepwater Horizon, they mm-hmm. cover... There's there's, some, there's a few others that they yeah, cover. Yeah, I can't think of. There, there was there was a, say, something that was happening in Africa that they actually had a reporter there for uh, in the show. I think that, uh, but I can't remember what specific real life event that was tied to. Right. And then they also do a really good job of show of uh, displaying the other news agencies and what where they listen to and how the Associated Press plays a role. And a lot of that. I mean, honestly, if you're really interested in news and like and and you like a good drama as well, it's a great drama. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. has a little bit of romance in there. I mean, I think there's <laughs> something for everybody. It's HBO probably at that their finest. It's also written by Aaron Sorkin, so that's uh, mm. So if you're an Aaron Sorkin fan, absolutely. Other things from Aaron Sorkin that we will definitely be bringing up in future episodes is <laughs> the movie An American President yep. and uh, that other show, what's it called? The West Wing. The West Wing. Um, very good. And we will definitely be um, bringing that up in future episodes as well. So the big claim that I think we're going to make in this episode is that there is no such thing as a trustable source. There are only sources that you trust. And so that's a big claim. So we're going to do our best to defend it. So here we go. So in our definition, there are three things that make a source 100% trustable. So number one, the source does not lie or fabricate news. Seems like a low bar, (laughs) right? Uh, Two, the source does not spin a story to suit a narrative. And then C, conflict of interest. So what we're saying is, is that if any one of these three is checked by a source, then they may not be 100% trustable. Now, this, is, this doesn't mean that you aren't supposed to trust any information from that source ever again, but it does mean that you need to approach that source with the appropriate amount of skepticism that it warrants given however it violated one of these three rules. Right. So more so just approach with caution. And you can always, if if you're not sure and you you feel like one of those has been checked and you just don't know which part of the story is a little bit not true, you can always go to a different source and verify because the the base story is always going to be the same. The information that they give is always going to be the same. Uh, so if you're if you're one source you're just you're just not sure about you read a story and you're like hmm this feels important but this source tends to lean to one side then go to a source that you know leans to the opposite side read that see how they 
differ. Absolutely right. Because what you're looking for when we, and, and we'll touch on this here in a minute, is we're looking for consensus. Right. Because information that they can corroborate is going to be where the actual news is. So our first example, our little case study, right? When we consume news, right? There are two different ways that we consume news. There is news that is given to us and there is news that we search for. I don't think um, that we search for news much anymore, but we definitely have news handed to us by a variety of places, right? You, It's either on your news feed, right? Hopefully that you're following news sources, but sometimes you'll get news from a random you know, post that a friend sends you, right? And I'm going to call it news because it is, regardless of whether it is disinformation, misinformation, a complete made-up thing, it's it's news. Not factual, but it's news. Because I, I, I don't, I think that we as a society have, have done well enough to bastardize the, the term news that I think that if it's being stated in a public forum, then it's news. Right. Now, you might say that it's just an opinion, but I, I, I hear what you're saying. Things stated in a public forum are an opinion, but if they're starting to be accepted as a possible, as a current event, then it's news, right? Whether or not it's a rumor or not it remains to be seen, but it's it's news until until one, one thing is proven or the, or the other. So you're scrolling on your feed and you come across this new information, right? So... There's a few things that can happen, right? And this is, we were talking about this from perspective, either you agree with it, you don't agree with it, right? It, or it like, it shocks you, right? This is some radically new information. Oh my God, what, a, what is happening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for the big stuff, right, our, our, instant, our instant reaction, at least I've, what I feel like is a lot of people's reaction is, is, oh my gosh, I got to share this. I got I to gotta show at least someone else. Yeah. Um, some people that are very comfortable with social media will just share it to their page or their feed or their for you page or wherever it is, or they'll just send it to a friend without any vetting or anything or in that regard. And I think in this in this episode, we're I guess imploring you or asking you maybe maybe check on it before you share it um, because you sharing it, you might not know the value that you add to the information. And so, so what do, what do we mean by that? Do you consider yourself a trustworthy person? I think most people do, right? So when you share information, maybe a, a piece of information with a family member, do you expect that person to, to trust you just on your word? And I think in a lot of families, yeah, absolutely. When somebody comes home and says, hey, I heard about this, they say, oh, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that that was happening. And there's not a lot of fact-checking that happens because they trust each other. They assume that whatever you're saying is truth, right? But when you bring in unvetted information into a conversation like that, it can be well, it can be damaging to the relationship because you just said something that is wildly maybe untrue and depending on who you're speaking to, if you're speaking to, I, I would say a young person, right? A young person that is very active on social media, they might have they might have had that information a day before you because they're extremely active and it came up on their feed, you know, yesterday at three o'clock, but it's coming up on your feed at 8 a.m., right? Right. And they went to school and they talked about it and maybe they, they Googled it and they found out that that is completely egregiously wrong, that, that piece of information. Mm-hmm. And... Now you're coming in and saying that it's right. Well, they're still under the assumption that you Googled it. And you're coming out despite what the the consensus on uh, out there says. And when, so when I say consensus, I think I should talk about that for a second. So when you Google something, right? Um, for example, go ahead right now, if you're out of web browser, go ahead and Google Apple, right? Every time you Google Apple, Two or three things, actually three specific things will come up. And it just depends on your your preferences. But Wikipedia will come up. Apple.com will come up. And then images of apples, both red and green, and of different <laughs> genuses will pop up, right? That's consistent, right? You're never, uh, there, there might be some crazy thing that happens in the future where Apple is a keyword for something else, but those are three things that will definitely always come up. So when we look for information that is new, we should look for that's that same sort of thing, right? So if there are three sources of news, and so since we've already introduced CNN and Fox, 
I should see something from CNN and Fox on an issue. And if I don't, if I see an absence of CNN or an absence of Fox, that that should be a red flag for me. Well, is it a new issue? How how close are you to this to, to this story's breaking? Does this you know is it happening right now? Did did Fox just cover it at three thirty seven or something? Right. Right. And so if they just published at three thirty seven, well, sure, there may be nothing to worry about. Fox broke the story. CNN's catching up. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe it's been out for an hour. Maybe it's been out for a day. Fox has the story. CNN doesn't. What's going on? Why isn't CNN saying anything? Why is only Fox saying something? Well, let's look other places. Okay. Well, it looks like Breitbart has it, huh, but I'm not seeing it on ABC or NBC. Huh. Well, what does Associated Press say? Well, Associated Press has kind of this vague article. They don't really have anything on it. And I haven't, you know, I try to listen to NPR in the morning and I, and I didn't hear it on NPR, but I did hear it on this, this one talk show. Ben Shapiro, I think, was talking about it. Um, and so now I think um, for those that, enjoy Ben Shapiro, that enjoy Breitbart and that enjoy Fox News, I, I I think it should be clear to you that you're listening to biased news, right? You're listening to information that is leaning to the right, that is leaning to conservative um, tendencies. And the fact that it isn't covered by other um, news sources that are either closer to the middle or farther on the left should ring a bell for you to its validity. Um it might not be true. It might not be true in that regard. So maybe if you're Googling it, if actually I should say, if you find if you find that things are either, and I should say even in the, in the inverse, if things are on the left, right? Only CNN, only NBC, only those places have the information, and you know Breitbart and Fox don't. Then again, still be skeptical of that information. I'm not saying trust don't only trust things that are on the right or only trust things that are on the left. Just Trust things that are ubiquitous or that are everywhere. Right. Um, because if you're only trusting things that are from one news source, you're really kind of putting yourself into an echo chamber of information where you might not ever learn any new information. You're just getting the same stuff. And that doesn't make a lot of sense, especially when you're trying to learn about an issue. If you're trying to learn about a current event, hearing only one side of that story really is going to taint your perspective. And then naturally it could damage relationships when you come in with, with someone to someone else where they might have a vastly different perspective and you come in with your side as the only side and not, and you might be blindsided to hear that there's another side. Right. And depending on how hot the issue is or controversial the issue is, absolutely. You might be, you you might be starting a fight without even realizing it. Mm-hmm. And with family members and with people um, that you care to continue to have conversations with that can that can be hard because they already have a perspective. They already have an opinion and you coming in with a very controversial, very, uh, well, I should say very contrary opinion and subsequently controversial naturally is going to cause a ripple or rift. And depending upon your relationship with them and their, and their willingness to talk about things, they might not even debate with you the issue. They might just kind of write you off as like, wow, that was a really, really shitty thing for you to say. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, uh, that's step one right? Uh, step one, without the diet tribe, right, is just Google it. Google it and look for new information. And then the same thing is with the information that you agree with. Wow, this is really cool. So-and-so said something and this this is happening. Well, that's cool. I'm, I'm really glad that this thing is happening for you. That's great. Whatever. Still Google it. Mm-hmm. If you're seeing it on, and, and when I say that, when I, the information that I'm talking about is stuff that you see on Facebook, right? Or stuff that you see on Instagram where you just see the information come across your timeline and it's shared by some source that isn't a news outlet. Still, you can still be skeptical of of news outlets in the same way. But, fun, but normally we just aren't skeptical of news sources that we're agreeing with. Right. Um, but I guess we're inviting you to 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 be skeptical of those things right because that's just a courteous thing to do especially when we're sharing the information with others yeah healthy amount of skepticism right skeptic right um and then oh another resource right so they don't cover everything and i don't even and they really only cover the big stuff is snopes Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people have mixed feelings about snopes but they are very good at fact checking the big stuff yeah right um 
so if you if there is a big issue and you're having a hard time seeing which way to look um, or um, understanding what to what to look at, Snopes can be a great place to help point you in a direction and say, no, no, you, you maybe would, should be thinking about it from this perspective because Snopes has a team of researchers that are looking at stuff. Their objective is to try to be the fact checker. Yeah. Um, that's their, uh, fundamentally, that's their conflict of interest right there is that they are trying to be a fact checker. Right. So you might find them being contrary to a lot of places and that might feel, th- and, and that might feel different to you that might feel like well if they're saying things that are different than everything that i see on my news station that will absolutely make you feel some kind of way right mm-hmm. that might make you feel like that snopes isn't as factual because you trust your news station but look like like we said before look for ubiquitousness look for it on the news station that you don't normally listen to because if it's on snopes and it's on the one that you like and it's on the the one that you don't like then that information is most likely factual. Right. Or at least well covered. Well covered, yeah. And if you're not sure about Snopes or if you don't you're not familiar with Snopes, but you want to give it a look, the easiest thing to do is pick the issue that you're thinking about and just put it into the Google search bar and then add Snopes at the end and that'll take you straight to it. Absolutely. Yes. I, I, that's I, that's a funny thing. Um, people understanding how to Google. Um, it's a very common skill, I would say, in younger people that grew up with the internet. But I think that people of people that are older, or people that aren't necessarily, and it doesn't have to be older, older people that are just not as comfortable using the internet, um, are not necessarily as familiar with what it looks. What does misinformation look like, even on Google? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and, and we could probably do an episode on keyword searches and and what sort of keywords to use and kind of how Google indexes its searches and things. And then the difference between using Yahoo, Google, MSM, DuckDuckGo, all the different um, sources. What does it mean? What what sort of um, information is going to be given to you and tailored for you? Like the ads that you see on your Google searches aren't random, right? They're, mm-hmm. they're um, tailored to you, right? But if I don't have a Google account and I'm on Google, or if I have a Yahoo account and I'm on Yahoo, similarly, their their ads platforms are all curated towards you and your search search history. Um, Drew, do you have anything that you want to add to the topic of? Well, I should say scrolling through sources. The next thing we're going to talk about is new information and finding new information. But anything, um, we you just saw something on Facebook. You just saw something. Anything that you want to add on that? No, I do. I think I think it would be good for me to reinforce the 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 premise of what we're going for and asking you to just verify the information that you see. Because if 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 you're just really not sure, if you see that article and you're like, hmm, I just don't know, just just give it a quick Google search. Right. Or just don't share it. Yeah, at the very least. that you At the very least, if you need to practice something, practice not immediately sharing the information that you come across. Yes. And, and then, because I, I, it, it is not, for, for me at least, I share a lot of stuff. And I can understand how others that might share a lot of stuff, it would seem arduous to check everything before I share it. The solution isn't necessarily check everything before you share it. It's maybe share less things. Mm-hmm. It'll be less work if you stop sharing things. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, and I'm not saying don't share, you know, pictures of your dog or your neighbor's dog or something. We're, we're mostly talking about news, yeah. where, where we're talking about information that is out there. You know, what's happening with SpaceX or something. If if you if you hear something that sounds like a rumor, then it probably is. Yeah. So don't share the rumor. Yeah. You wouldn't share. You wouldn't share a rumor about a coworker that you just heard that maybe you know. Well, I mean, let's talk about something more serious. Like, like their marriage is having trouble, right? You wouldn't just kind of like repeat that at the water cooler that you know Bill's marriage is having trouble. Like that's a shitty thing to say. Who says that without even talking to Bill? Like, yeah, 
like poor Bill, right? Like <laughs> Bill might be in a bad way about it, right? Yeah. And you don't want to create a toxic environment for Bill at work, right? And so in that same way, we don't want to create a toxic environment for those that follow us and the, those that look to us as sources of information on a certain topic. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another thing is I, th- I think people should be more proud in their experience. If you work for AT&T or you work for a school or you work for a company, you're an expert relative to the people that you that you talk to on a day to day, you're an expert in in your little in your little niche, mm-hmm. and respect will respect the the impact of your words when you say, "Oh, I don't I don't like AT and T," or "I'm you know I don't I don't really like T Mobile. They're just not they're not my favorite." Saying something like that and then also working at the place is very damaging, right to that to that company's reputation mm-hmm. because it's coming from a person that works there. And I think, um, I, I guess what I'm trying to impress upon you is that there, your, your words have meaning mm-hmm. and they hit hard, especially given your experience and your um, affiliations. Yeah. And your own conflict of interest. Yeah. That's something we'll definitely, I'm going to talk about. Yeah. I want to talk about that in the next episode is our own conflict of interest in um, including sources mm-hmm. when we share them. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to add a bit about headline sharing because a lot of times the the reason people share articles is they see the headline and that's all they see. They don't take the time to read the article and they don't see who the article is from. They just see the headline. I think people that we know do this. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. And it, and it definitely drives us crazy because we see something, right? And the, and the, the, they might read the headline out loud and then we'll have a follow-up question. But yeah. it's already gone. Right, mm-hmm. they they have scrolled past. It is gone. Right, mm-hmm. and they're not. And but what they've done in that moment is they have taken that information and any assumptions about that headline for granted. It is now part of their experience, and they are going forward with that new information. Mm-hmm. Right, vaccines being hoarded by China. Right? Yeah. Well, what? Right, or or you know, just a- any sort of information like that. If, if it's if it is serious enough for you to read it out loud, mm-hmm. it is serious enough for you to read the whole article. Yeah. Or at least at least open the article and start reading it. Read the end. Read the introduction and the conclusion at the yeah. very least. And just so people know, when we talk about I, – I don't know how long it's been since some of you have read articles, but news agencies have definitely done us the favor of making everything usually five-minute reads or less. Yeah. And they've broken everything down to about a sixth or seventh grade reading level. So you aren't going to have some – you're not going to have big words in there. It's not going to take a long time to read. And at worst case scenario, you're going to gain more information on the thing you're reading yeah. or the thing you're interested in. So you're getting some perspective from your source. Yeah. Look at them keywords coming yeah. in. So moving on to our next example, right? And this is definitely less common, but this, um, I hope this serves for those that are writing or those that want to get into writing as a really good um, example. So this is um, obviously less common, but this is you want to know new information, right? You want to present, talk, defend, whatever. You want to learn more about something. So you're going to go research it. What's your first step, right? Where to start? Well, many fields have um, hubs of information, right? So in the biological sphere, we have NCBI, which is the National Centers for Biological Informatics, I think is what it stands for. And then for those who cook, there's America's Test Kitchen, and there's others for there's there's hubs of information out there for every you know for just about any field that you can mm-hmm. think of. However, it is not always intuitive what that field is called or how to find it or where the best place to go is. And so the best place that we like to start, almost all of our research starts at Wikipedia. Yes. And we know that that for if we have any school teachers that listen to this, that was like nails on the chalkboard, right? <laughs> because at least from the education that we got, Wikipedia was not a place that you go for information. Mm-hmm. It was this blog. It's not well curated. It's it, it anything could be up there. People yeah. can just post whatever they want. Yeah, and I would say that that might have been true 15 years ago. 
but they have high they have staff they have editors mm-hmm. they do a very good job maintaining articles mm-hmm. it is not as open as it used to be yeah. in that you can't not anyone can write on there right mm-hmm. and then if someone does suggest a change they do just that they suggest a change yeah and then an editor checks that information and then changes it respectively yeah um to your own thing and actually funny enough the new in newsroom they talk about wikipedia about them there was an error in one of their uh one of the main characters um page and they wanted it changed and (laughs) they couldn't they couldn't have it changed because they were the person (laughs) and that sort of conflict of interest isn't allowed you have to have a third party come in corroborate that information that was so Um, funny isn't that, it's just hilarious, right? <laughs> it's just kind of a predicament that like the system that we thought was easily manipulatable was just not, and <laughs> it, it isn't. Um, and so, so given all of those different things and um, all those different things that they've done to make their platform more trustable, and regardless of your opinion opinions of it, let's forget about the content of of whatever the writing. Scroll to the bottom and look at those sources. Yeah hundreds sometimes for really impactful things of all the places that you can find information. And they're not citing other Wikipedia articles. They are citing third-party sources that will verify that information um, and what they're saying in context, right? And so... I just unlocked my phone. I was on a Wikipedia article. That's hilarious. Yeah. So on on the article itself, they're on subheadings called References. Uh, there's also, they have further readings, which gives you more sources about the subject. And then they have external links, which takes you to usually if you're like, I'm on the FCC's Wikipedia page and it has their, uh, official website there, the FCC rules, um, FCC, uh, registration link, and then the, the FCC's records link. So they, they give you all sorts of information that you can use as um, sources to cor- corroborate the the Wikipedia article itself, if you're not sure of Wikipedia, yeah, if you're not sure, of Wikipedia, and then now and now you've saved yourself a lot of time. This is actually like a pro tip, right? So when you want to, if you are writing a research paper for a co- uh, for a college topic or something, go to Wikipedia, type in the thing, scroll the uh, scroll the way to the bottom, and open up all of those, yeah. and just start reading, mm-hmm. right? Because and another thing is, is that, so how do you validate the sources that they've cited, right? Well, very commonly, those sources will be citing each other mm-hmm. and they're cross-validating each other because so-and-so writes for this part of the topic, which, you know, pertains to, and, and they, they tend to build a web of information between because fields rely on each other. Yeah. Um, if we're thinking of electrical engineering, electrical engineering relies very heavily on physics, relies very heavy on manufacturing, relies very heavily on the underwriter's lab, mm-hmm. and or I should say the other way around, underwriter. But nonetheless, they're all mutually dependent upon each other, and subsequently, they hold each other accountable to the things that they put out. And I think that once you do that, right, what you should do, or at least what I do, and what we'll start sharing is a list of sources that you trust. And then another thing that you can do is you can, and and this might be a tool that we'll build out in the future, and there are already tools that do this, but we would just want one for our page as well, is seeing how they lean politically. Is this a left-leaning source or right-leaning source? Does it lean at all? Um, and then and then do they cover big topics? Is it a local, is it a local place? Is it a international thing? And then also what is their format, right? Are they print media? Are they, um, television? Are they radio? Um, right. all the, all the sorts of things matter, um, when you choose a source, because if you're, um, I don't think like, for example, I love NPR, but if they ever did a story on the efficacy of news on the radio, I think that that level of conflict of interest is actually laughable and yeah. that they might not be the best source for that because that is their, that is their platform is mm-hmm. putting news mm-hmm. on, um, on the radio. Um, and not, and I'm not trying to discredit NPR in this example. I'm mostly saying that they themselves shouldn't speak to this specific issue or I might not listen to them alone on this issue. I would need other corroborating evidence to support that claim. All right. So because we love Wikipedia so much, um, we are going to be dropping some merch for them. 
Um, so how is this going to work? So what we're going to do is we're going to create a piece of merch. That, that piece of merch we are going to promote and try to get you guys to buy it. And if you guys love it, all the proceeds from it will go to directly to Wikipedia. We're not taking a cut or anything. Just the sale of the merch goes straight to them. So if you want to support Wikipedia, buy the merch that we're dropping with this episode. You can find a link to it at the bottom of the blog post for this episode. Or if you just go to waglandbeards.com slash shop, shop it'll be right there at the top also Uh, shout out to wikipedia because it's their 20th birthday this year oh my gosh they're 20 years old yeah dude that's exciting that means that they were born in 2001 Mm -hmm. right yeah that's exciting they also have they themselves if you're just interested in general wikipedia merch have special birthday merch that you can buy Oh, really? Yeah. And I think all of the proceeds from their merch go to them as well, right? (laughs) So definitely, (laughs) definitely get over there and buy either our merch or their merch. Either way, you're supporting them um, in that regard. If you don't believe how much we like Wikipedia, you know that annoying little pop-up thing that says, hey, donate, help support Wikipedia. I've done that this year. Five bucks. Oh my, you spent the $5? Yeah. So that's amazing that you've done that, right? Because I think the math works out as if like literally like one in 20 people that go to their website just donated $5 and that's one time per year that would actually fund yeah. everything that they need for the year for the year. And mm-hmm. that's amazing, right? Because we really use Wikipedia as a source. And I think that from I've actually fundamentally, if there are any Republicans in the audience, right, this is what you want, right? This isn't government coming in and helping out this, this really helpful service. Mm-hmm. This is the private investment. Yeah. So if you're a Republican and you like Wikipedia, then it is literally your civic duty as a Republican to spend your money on it. Yeah. Now, as a, as a Democrat, if you like Wikipedia, now granted, absolutely, it's not necessarily your political views to donate to Wikipedia. And your political views might be to say, I think that the government should appropriate money for Wikipedia so that they can continue to do this great service. And that's great. Good for you. Then then write to your, write to your, your representative to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think regardless, either way, if you have the $5, regardless of your political stance, please donate the $5 so that Wikipedia can t- continue to be a source for yeah. all of us to use because they've spent over the past 20 years creating an extremely large database of information, including old books, mm-hmm. old um, pictures, art, um, and then even their platform themselves has so wiki the operating the not the operating system but the the software packaging that they use in order to write in that format is actually known as a wiki mm-hmm. thing as a wiki and you can write your own wiki for things so like if you're interested in that, and that I could share a link at some point about that if you're interested in writing on something for your own personal use or maybe you have a website that you want to post a blog about you can post in the format of wiki of wikipedia it's just mm-hmm. not going to be on honestly on wikipedia's site yeah. but it'll be on your own site and you yeah. can have because i really like their format i think it's really organized yeah. uh, um it's professional looking and yeah and if you don't think that people use that they do a lot of like video game lore yeah. lore like Yes, things you use get them. their sites when you're like googling up like how do I beat this level or yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. So people do use it. It's out there. You can even just Google like a subject, and then wiki. It'll usually take you to a Wikipedia style article about said subject. And so, all right. So just to kind of like cap this episode a little bit. So the things that we've covered so far is first a healthy dose of skepticism. Yes. Anytime that you see a new a new piece of information, just an eensy bit amount of skepticism would be um, appreciated by everyone that considers you a source of information. Two, if in your skepticism, go ahead and give things a quick Google. Look around, um, and you don't have to use Google. Like I, like we said, you can use any search engine that uh, that suits your fancy. Um, just get on out there and search it and see what the the diverse perspectives are and if there's diverse perspective or if there's just one-sided perspective right and then um finally is is and we didn't really say it overtly is that make an effort to educate yourself on things that you care about 
Yeah, absolutely. Wikipedia is, like we were saying, is a great source to do that. Mm -hmm. But fundamentally, however you're going to learn about something, if you care about something, go research it. Don't just don't just say that you're interested in guitars and then just sit with your guitar that you bought at Guitar Center. No, no, go, research guitars. Like go yeah. and look out different ways of playing guitar, different songs, different styles, different ways that other people played. Because yeah. I think uh, who's that one guy? Any of them? Literally any guitar player. Yeah, well, but, but there's a specific one that has uh, some cool style. I mean, all of them have their own style, but like, I, I, there's I one that I you. that you played a lot in high school. I can't remember his name. Um, you and Ben used to play. Oh, John of, Mayer. Yeah, yeah, John Mayer. Sure, yeah, perfect yeah. example of somebody that you might have to research a little bit yeah. to understand his style. You might not. Yeah. You might not just hear it. He does a lot of crazy stuff. Very right. jazzy influenced. Right. And you wouldn't know that unless you like. Yeah, unless you yeah went and searched it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a. Uh, if you know something, go. If you if you care about something, care enough about it to know more about it. Be the expert on what you care about, yeah. because if everyone's a little expert on what they care about, then everyone ends up being the most informed that they possibly can. So when I talk to you and I say, "Hey, um, you know, Josh likes this sort of stuff. What is his opinion on that?" And if for people that talk to me, normally I have an opinion on that <laughs> because I've gone and I've, I'm interested enough to go look at. On whatever it is, and, and you, you usually to the chagrin of whoever I'm answering, who is, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that you had done this much research on it. I didn't want a one-hour podcast. My mom, <laughs> right? And that's actually fundamentally probably why we made the podcast, right? Is because we just needed to answer the question, but you didn't want to stick around for the answer. Yeah. And so what we decided to do was just record it, <laughs> and you can listen to the answer at your leisure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that also it also helps you develop a uh, a good habit for self education because even if you so you've gone and done the reading on the stuff that you care about, but then somebody brings something up and you you just don't know because you know that person is biased one way or the other. You've already established this um, habit of reading about subjects, so you can just go do a quick Google search, read a source that you trust. And now you know, maybe not as much as they claim to know, but you know enough to know if their opinion is valid or not. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because the more that you learn about a specific thing, the more you can kind of smell how poorly reported something is. I mean, I think we've all heard someone in the room when they come in and they start talking about a uh, certain political event and then they just kind of feel like they don't know what they're talking about at Mm -hmm. all. And you only know that because you are learned or you're informed about that specific issue. Sports is actually a really, um, I think we had a request to talk about sports. So I'll talk about sports in this context. It is very apparent when I talk about sports that I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) And it is purely out of a lack of research. Mm -hmm. I don't stay up to date on the different sports teams things i i know how many sports are played i know the rules i know what to look for i know what when play goes right and play goes wrong in games and these are mostly american games i don't know a lot of the um other games other than soccer uh or or football as it is i think (laughs) should be called i think (laughs) i think football the american football can get it get a new name or whatever All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in with Waglin Beards today. We definitely enjoyed having you here and having you here for this discussion. We hope that you've learned a lot about sources, how to um, find good ones, as well as Pigskin Run, a (laughs) feature-length film coming to box office in VHS. (laughs) VHS. Yeah. (laughs) So be sure to subscribe both on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. And oh, 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 don't forget the Patreon. The Patreon. So we launched this last week. Yeah. So we're very excited. That's up. And then um, so the Patreon will offer the the mini tiers Mm -hmm. that um, we're offering uh, ranging from the forum, um, ads-free um, I think there's stickers, stickers and t-shirt. A t-shirt tier. And if you are interested in promoting with us, if you want to become a production partner um, and get 
get a name drop in our episodes or have us um, speak about your specific service or product, we are definitely open to that. Um, and you can, if you're not interested in the Patreon, if you want to talk a little bit more um, about that, you can always send us an email at waglandbeards at gmail.com. And there's another thing. Oh, so Drew said, I believe in the first episode, or actually the trailer, I think I heard, that maybe we'll be coming on out on a YouTube, and he, we are here. <laughs> we figured out how to use After Effects, and uh, it, you can now listen to our episode on YouTube. So all, both the trailer and the, the past two episodes are up, and as soon as this one goes up, it'll be out there as well and available for you to listen on YouTube. Um, similarly, um, is right now there are not ads on the YouTube, but eventually there will be. So if you're interested in supporting us by paying for the ads free version of that, um, there will be ads free versions of it available, um, on YouTube, I believe through the Patreon, Mm -hmm. as well as we might end up having a private YouTube channel or something Something where we send it out in like a newsletter or something. So you can have a link to, um, the information, um, that said, be sure to read the blog that goes along with this episode. There's definitely some good stuff in there, as well as check out the forum. Um, as we mentioned before, it does cost a dollar, but go ahead and spend that dollar. Get on in there, start discussing, start um, practicing your your source finding skills. Cite your, yeah, cite yourself in the forum. Absolutely, cite yeah. c- cite whatever articles that you find that you want to substantiate your argument with. We'll be excited to discuss with you, and. Um, participate with you and that so that's at waglandbeards.com slash forum and there is a forum post for each um article as um so get on over there there are two i think right now there are two different categories one of them is public and that public one is really just kind of a start here sort of thing and then if you're interested in the each of each of the ones there's it's i think it's called members only and members only is the the term that we use for both um the ads free tier for the blog as well as for the forum. So look for members only things. If you are a member, um, I should say contributing member because joining the website doesn't necessarily get you access to the forum or the comments, but you do need to be a member of the website in order to make comments on the blog post. So definitely go do that. Um, because being a member of the site can give you, ac- uh, I think you can get a coupon for 20% if you fill out a forum and then as well as you can stay up to date through emails as well. So you would never miss an episode, see, um, new coupons that come out cause we will send out member exclusive coupons as well as, um, blog posts, um, as well. So yeah, I think that's, uh, that's all we have for yep. you today think so thank you for hanging out with us love you guys waglin beards is a bearded audio production